As we begin to learn more about ourselves, that is how we learn more about tarot. Before there were words, before we could understand any putting this letter with this, we understood symbols. It activates our most primitive language, the language of symbols, which is the language of our soul. Sure, we can talk about tarot for fortune telling, but tarot also contains and expresses so much of what's in our consciousness. Do you often feel your intuition is trying to tell you something? Most likely it is. Welcome to I'm Not Crazy, I'm Clairvoyant, the only podcast that teaches decolonizing spirituality and tarot, demystifying black girl magic, and normalizing intuitive giftedness to empower your intuition as a superpower. Now here's your host, Tanya Melendez, the original tarot life coach, co-creator of the Intuitive Sorceress program, and hostess of Royal Reset Retreats, and voted number three psychic medium in the world. The truth about tarot. Tarot unveiled. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you the truth about tarot, including why the history is so mysterious and mystical, the importance of decolonizing tarot, why tarot is such an empowering spiritual practice and tool for intuition development. But let's start with the mysterious and mystical. We must first realize that tarot is a symbolic map of consciousness and an ancient book of wisdom that reveals to us symbols and signs that seep into our psychological selves, which then is transforming that energy. Just like as children, one of the first things we learn are shapes, circles, triangles, squares. And this same type of symbology is what we see in tarot. So psychologically, we know what those ancient symbols mean. And we also know how to use it to transform that energy. It has been said by Lady Frida Harris, the artist of the Toth deck by Alistair Crowley, that tarot could be described as God's picture book, or it could be likened to a celestial game of chess, the trumps being the pieces to be moved according to the law of their own order over a checkered board of the four elements. And so if we think of tarot in this way, as this mystical, magical tool, we know that it's more than just fortune-telling cards. Again, a map of our consciousness connecting us to ourselves in such a psychological way that even Carl Jung, the famous psychologist, fell in love with tarot because he appreciated the archetypes and the experiences that he saw that came through the tarot. And many people don't know, many of the personality tests that we see today 
are actually based on these same very archetypes that Carl Jung first discovered in the major arcana. And so this symbology language, this is our first language. Before there were words, before we could understand any putting this letter with this, we understood symbols. And this is why they have this long-standing power, because we also see the natural elements. There's the moon, the star, the sun. And so as we begin to learn more about ourselves, that is how we learn more about tarot. And so it is my belief that the tarot actually originated in Egypt. Why do I say this? Because there is no other language of symbology that still stands to this day that has not been deciphered in the same way that tarot is. There is no other history of a symbology language in any other culture other than the ancient Kemet Egyptians. And so the Egyptians have a long history and energy that also then flows into the more history. But there's more on that later or in another episode. But so going back to the energy of the Egyptians, when people look at hieroglyphics, and even to this day, they're still trying to decipher them. And as I shared, this is the same type of energy, same type of mystery and magic that we feel with the tarot. And so this is why when we are talking tarot, we're talking to our psychological self. We're looking deeply at ourselves and our archetype. We're looking at ourselves through this picture book of our subconscious, which is why it's so important that we step into and recognize how important it is to decolonize tarot. Now, what does it mean to decolonize tarot? Well, if tarot is a journey into the subconscious mind, into the psychological, then it's actually and most doubtedly a journey into our own depths, into our own self. And with so many stigmas and stereotypes, it's important that we address many of the decks that we've seen throughout time within the last few years, with exception have we started to see creating in inclusive ways new tarot decks? And so we've seen this surge of people using tarot every single day. We see tarot all over the place. Where if we think back a few years, tarot was still something very, you know, unfamiliar. Tarot was still something that had a lot of stigmas and stereotypes. And no other place is that apparent than in the actual art themselves and the producers of the tarot. U.S. Games and Hay House are some of the biggest producers of tarot and oracle cards in the United States. And many of the decks that they have produced up until the last few years, as I've shared, have exclusively been white-centered. And now with the decolonizing spirituality, we also have to look at these depictions in both tarot and oracle cards. So I'm here to say 
that we must decolonize tarot. We must be willing to not only buy decks of people that look like us, but we have to have them interspersed in every tarot deck. One of my favorite tarot decks that I use with my clients now is the Lightseer's Tarot by Pixie Curo. Why I love this deck is because there's, it's, you know, drawn and using drawings, but it shows diversity. One of the decks that I use primarily for most of my time as tarot life coach was the Hanson Roberts. And there is not one dark person in that tarot deck, not even a shade of brown in that tarot deck. Same with the Rider Waite, which was actually drawn by a biracial woman. There has been so much controversy around Miss Pamela Coleman Smith and her ethnicity. And so many books have been written, including a new one that was written about the life of Pamela Coleman Smith. And they all talk about half of her life spent in Europe and the other half of her life spent in Jamaica. And so many people of color in my own research and in depictions and pictures that I've seen of her, I'm questioning whether she was biracial or if she was indeed Black because she was not recognized at all in creating the Rider Waite deck, which is one of the most universally recognized decks in all of the world. And so she did not gain fame for that. And she was actually in the Golden Dawn working with Alex Huxley. And at that time, Writer in Wait wanted to create a deck because they saw that Alester Crowley was coming out with his Toth deck. And so they wanted to create a deck, you know, because he was in the Golden Dawn. And I believe they were in another secret society type experience. And so they wanted to have a deck because he had a deck. And so they got this beautiful young spirit and her name, her nickname, Pamela Coleman Smith was Pixie. And so there are many stories that she spent that time in Jamaica with her mother, who was also biracial, and her father, who was obviously with her mother. So she got that education and she was able to flow in between those different organizations. And perhaps she was a woman who was passing, like my great-grandmother who did, who lived in New York City at a time. And we have found out that she was indeed passing. And that is one of the other reasons why I wanted to bring up this conversation and this insight about stereotypes and stigmas that are in tarot. And so we must address the elephant in the room of inclusivity in tarot decks. And so I'm going to ask you, each of you who are listening now, what are your tarot decks? Why do you pick the tarot decks that you choose? You know, there's tarot decks of cats and trees and flowers and all kinds of different decks. And yet many of them are still produced with a very certain look. And so I'm going to ask you to make sure that you're checking yourself so you can decolonize your tarot, which then leads me into why tarot is such a powerful spiritual practice because it does give us this internal language, this inner knowing, this is our universal intuitive self. And I see tarot actually as a daily initiation practice. As I shared previously, 
the major arcana are very much like the archetypes that we see on all of the personality tests. And so the religious part, the spiritual part, even mentioned in the Kabbalah and the tree of life, this is how we know that tarot is more than a fortune-telling tool. It is indeed a divine spiritual practice. And it is my belief that everything that is a part of the human experience that we have can be expressed in or by the tarot. That's what archetypes are, an experience that each of us are going to have. And so through that 22, we go through those cycles. And very much like the Kabbalah, the tree of life. Yes, we do go through some of those cycles almost every day. And so using tarot as a spiritual practice allows you to develop that internal language. It allows you to develop that intuitive self. It allows you to see what patterns and cycles are coming up in my life. How am I working with this energy and what I'm being guided here? And then lastly, for intuition development. Tarot is absolutely a tool for inner guidance. It supports that sense of validation that we need. And so tarot with its mysterious and magical history, its stigmas and stereotypes from the past and now, as spiritual practice and intuition development, this is how you know that this is a divination tool left by our ancestors. And so I see tarot really as an opportunity for us to see ourselves, the alchemy of ourselves, our wisdoms, our our inner truths, our archetypes. And so this is why tarot is so transformative, because it allows us to see the alchemy within ourselves. It allows us to get past all of our barriers and binds that prevent us from seeing what it is we really need to see. It provides us signposts and guides along the way with our with its symbols and all of this beloved is divination and what is divination is connecting and working with the divine so it allows us access to this energy of who we are without having ourselves our mental selves get in the way tarot enables us to have a direct connection to our spirit to the divine or to whatever we call it whatever the god we call It lets us practice listening to our intuitive voice, our intuitive self. And especially as women, that intuitive self is the divine feminine, and it allows us to have that reflective mirror every single opportunity because this is our intuition being used, being harnessed, being sharpened. And it allows us to tap into that side of ourselves and to see and be a part of our own evolution. It cultivates all of our instincts and, as I said, our intuitive knowing. So it allows us to explore ourselves by not what separates us, but how we are connected to the greater good, the higher version, the exalted version of ourselves. Sure, we can talk about tarot for fortune telling. But tarot also contains and expresses so much of what's in our consciousness. And that's what means the most to me. Because as I've shared, I do believe our ancestors were leaving us this tool to decipher more of ourselves, to have this internal language, 
to understand the alchemy of ourself. One of my favorite books is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And what is that but a journey that we see Santiago go on and all around the world, you know, he goes all around all the different places looking to discover the, the truth within himself. And that's what tarot helps us do. Now, we can't go traveling all over the world through the deserts, but tarot brings us to that moment. It brings us present, first of all. It activates our most primitive language, the, the symbols, the language of symbols, which is the language of our soul. Are you a woman who feels like she's missing a part of herself? Now more than ever, the intuitive self is calling out the imposter for more aligned action and crystallized vision. The divine feminine power of intuition needs care just like the body. And like the moon, it is self-generating and renewing. And it's time for you to plan and prosper to empower your next steps, harnessing your intuition to pave the way. Discover a whole new you. Our mission is to empower the intuition of one million women, especially women of color. Why? Because the future is female. And because an intuitive woman is a dangerously powerful woman. If you're interested in Ready for intuitive executive coaching, book a discovery call for ways to work with me. The links are in the show notes. And no, beloved, you're not crazy, you're clairvoyant. You know, most of the time when we have a moment of clairvoyance, it comes through a vision a voice. That's something, that internal language is the very same internal language that speaks to us through the tarot. Every time we shuffle the deck, we're putting our energy from not our conscious mind, but our subconscious mind, the conscious mind that knows this ancient wisdom, that knows this sacred language. And guess what? Each of us have our own individual sacred language of our soul. And this is why, as I shared, there's thousands and thousands of different tarot decks and each of us are drawn to them for different reasons. And so this is why I wanted to unveil tarot so you could start to see the truth about tarot, that it is more, way more, than a fortune-telling tool. It is way more than art. It is more than even an intuitive device. What I see tarot is truly as spiritual technology. Why do I call it spiritual technology? Because it is something, as we've shared, something from we don't even know where it's coming from. It's mysterious and mystical beginnings. We do know that the only other place on earth that has symbols and symbology that we do not understand, that also we seem to deeply feel connected to, is the hieroglyphics of the Egyptians. And I mentioned earlier the Moors, and it is believed that the Egyptians 
that we see in the pyramids in Egypt now, the relics that are left, many of those people, our ancestors, the ancient Kemetics, once the Romans took over Egypt, many of them fled and dispersed, as we know, in many different, at that time, tribes and whole ethnicities of people migrated to different parts of the world, including, of course, Europe and different parts there. Many people don't know this, but a gypsy, if you take off the letter E from Egypt, you get the word gypsy. So gypsies of Romania, gypsies of Spain and Turkey and all these different countries, many of them, I believe, were Egyptians who had been mixed in with different cultures, mixed in with different ethnicities. And I do believe that some of these people have the lines and the lineage that later became the Moors of Spain. If we look at the Moor Empire, it was one of the largest empires before Spain came and began colonizing. And then followed by Europe. And so if gypsies, and we see in history that they were in Romania and in Italy and places like that, Egypt, gypsy, and then they shifted into the Moors because gypsies were seen as wild and and heathenous people. Again, darker skinned. And so the Moor Empire, highly educated, civilized people who we know created much of the civilization that they now have in Spain, And I actually saw this African influence in my time in Spain and travels throughout the northern Basque country of Spain, as well as its Moroccan connection. I actually was able to take a ferry from Tarifa, Spain to Morocco, very much like Santiago in the Alchemist. And this, I was able to see the African, the Moroccan influence and power, even some of the words in Spain, in Spanish. And so we can't dispute the fact that the Moors were some of the most highly intelligent and civilized and spiritually technologically advanced people, which is surprising because there is hardly any documentation of their existence. Like it's been wiped off the map. And so as we talk about the history of tarot and we talk about the truth of tarot, there might be more there that meets the eye. And this is, again, what we learn when we work with the tarot. Maybe our ancestors are trying to tell us something. Maybe our intuition is trying to tell us something. But we wouldn't know that unless we allow ourselves to work with the tarot. And as I've shared there's many different historical stories, many different spiritual practices, and so forth for people using tarot every single day. But one of the most important things that we must remember, as I've shared, is decolonizing tarot, removing and releasing the stereotypes and stigmas that we've seen and that have followed us as black and brown people in every aspect of our life. We have to see tarot as a spiritual practice, 
a daily initiation experience, allowing ourselves to really get connected deeper. We also have to see it as a tool for our inner guidance, an opportunity for us to have an alchemy of our inner self and outer self. Because I truly believe that tarot is a reflective mirror of what is happening within us, which is why we do tarot for ourselves every day. Aspects of our personality and the elements telling us where we have energy in the cups, in the swords, in the rods, our wands, and then the pentacles. Every day, those four elements come into our life. Think about the swords. That's our mental. That's our air. We think about the wands, rods. That's our fire. That's our passion. That's our spirit. The cups, our emotional self, our our intuitive, sensual self, and our pentacles, our physical body self, that experience of wealth and prosperity or poverty and struggle. We experience that. That's a physical thing. And so when we think about the suits and we think about the major arcana, the truth about tarot is it is a tool. It is a personal, spiritual practice, intuitive development, ancient wisdom, God's picture book tool for you to use every single day. And that's the truth about tarot. And so I hope I've provoked some questions deep within you. I hope I've awakened some cosmic connections for your spiritual practice. And I hope I have inspired your intuitive development so that your journey through tarot is a journey into your own depths. And that this psychological experience of daily initiation transforms you every single day. Learning your own soul language, the language of the symbols and symbology that you know that is deep within your consciousness, that reflective mirror that your energy only knows, not your mind. And so that is what I hope that you've learned in this episode. The truth about tarot. Did this podcast impact you or touch a heartstring, beloved? Our mission on I'm Not Crazy, I'm Clairvoyant is to decolonize spirituality and tarot so we can lean into our mystic self as powerful women, especially black and brown women of color. You can help us spread this into the world by leaving a rating and review on iTunes so we can really amplify this mission. Stay in touch with me and follow me on IG, the Black Psychic Librarian, as I love to learn more about you and your spiritual journey. And remember, beloved, you're not crazy, you're clairvoyant. And trust, your intuition is trying to tell you something.